What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, it's time for the flagship 3FN podcast. Of course, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing the brand new movie, Babylon. But before we go any further, let's introduce the nerd that's sitting next to me who is also going to help me review this film today. You know him as the lovable and wonderful, and guess what? He's on almost borrowed fucking time for his vacation, so we won't boo him this week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ron. Yeah, what's happening, people? And of course, I'm your host, Rich, and the other reason I can't boo him this week is I'm also on a... Like a vacation. On vacation. I am off. I'm off and I'm paid for it. So therefore, nice. it's kind of nice. Get some stuff done around the house and for the podcast. Hopefully, everybody's having a wonderful holiday season. Uh, no matter what you celebrate, we hope that you had a great time with friends and family. Ron, how is was your holiday season so far? Well, I can't complain too much. Uh, our Wednesday group did finally finish uh, the, the campaign. We had the epic battle, uh, you know, with uh, the sp- spirit that was trying to take over the world i guess is the best way of putting it and uh we thrived through it uh the ranger you know my character who she was a sharpshooter ranger so i basically ran and started running away as quickly as possible and just shooting from as far away as possible and i was doing enough damage where that's kind of a broken scenario to do so you know when my when my minimum amount of damage just because of if i hit was starting off at 32 points of damage with one arrow <laughs> and then just add all the other pluses and shit. It's like, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I would say, well, my uh, holiday was pretty easy. Nice. I kind of got it to relax, did a little bit of stuff around the house, had a nice dinner, spent some good time with family. So I can't complain at all. And it was just a good time. I like it. Overall, a good time. Well, we also got to see the movie this past we week did. On, on, on Thursday too. So that was also, it was fun to hang out with you. <laughs> It was also fun. Uh, this the, is not a spoiler, but it was also fun to nudge Ron two different times during the movie to wake listen, him up. Listen, I was tired. I knew, and I knew, I knew I was going to fall asleep in this one. He forewarned me. He said, "Wake me up if I fall asleep." So it, I did. It, was, it was only twice. I was, was good. Twice. I, I was, the first one, I don't remember him nudging me. <laughs> the second one, I'm like, "Oh, okay, I got to yeah. stay awake here." Yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. But we'll talk about that, of course, uh, the the spoiler free part in the first half of the show, and then, of course, the spoiler full part in the second half of the show. So, for anybody who's not familiar with what we do, you don't have to worry. We're not going to spoil the movie for you. Uh, we'll give you ample amount of warning. But before we can dive in to you know the beginning of the show and everything else. We got to take care of some business, which means we got to take care of some shameless plugs. First of all, uh, if you would like to find out anything about the 3FN podcast, anything at all, whether it be the social medias, any links involved, where to find it, everything else, it's a one-stop shop, 3FNpodcast.com. There you'll find a main page for the 3FN podcast. You'll find a main page for 607TWS. You'll find friends of the show like the ODPH podcast. You'll find the Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you can help support the show monetarily. And of course, you can uh, get some great bonus content as well there. So the link is right there at the website as well. Plus the T Public link is there. The link to uh, bands, the musical directory. 
They allow us to use their music, so we're going to give them a shout-out, especially shout at the robot who does the theme song for the 3FN podcast. You can uh, check them out on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last, but certainly not least, there's the local sponsors who help bring you this show each and every week, commercial-free. But we're going to give them a shout-out right now. First of all, Dragon Master Games. They provide us with the 8122 Production Studio and our main sponsor, and they're located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607, make sure you uh, check out their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games, to find out about all events happening at the shop. Next up, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you're living in the 607 and you want to get your car full detailed and make it look brand spanking fucking new, that's right. You can uh, call 607-644-3389 when you're ready to put the pride back in your ride and tell them the 3FN podcast sent you. And last but certainly not least, our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down August 25th and 26th of 2023. I know that's a ways off, but pretty soon, uh, starting on the first of the year, you're going to be able to buy VIP tickets, weekend passes, and day passes for the event just announced Lorenzo Lamas. We got the middle-aged white women moist in the panties, my I friend. love it. In the panties. Love it. And, of course, also Felissa Rose will be there. And there's way more celebrity uh, announcements coming in the upcoming year. For all that information, check out SciFiHorrorFest.com. And if you forget any links or anything I just said, it's simple. 3FNPodcast.com's got your hookup. Yeah, that's right, Ron. Almost, almost got that. That, that warning track was coming up. It on was me. there. It was almost it was there. Coming up on me. Well, Diesel is not with us again because uh, he. I'm going to be honest. He was sick. Yeah. <laughs> so he did not get to go see the movie. Hopefully, he's doing better. Last time I checked, he was doing fine. Yeah. But he was very ill for a couple of days. Like there was a nasty bug going around. Yeah. I'm. I'm just lucky we didn't catch it. But we are going to move forward with what the segment is is called Diesel's movie triple stuff. But. Right now, it's going to be Rich and Ron's movie, Triple Stuff. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's start off in the box office, shall we, Ron? Top five in this week's box office. It's probably easy to guess what number one was. Well, let's talk about it. Number five, uh, coming in at $3.02 million, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, It was number two last week, and it is seven weeks on the top five. Nice. Next up. Brand new movie, the movie, in fact, that we are doing and reviewing in the second half of this film and the show, Babylon, with $3.5 million. Uh, we'll see how it did uh, elsewhere as well. Also debuting this week, a movie we almost went to see and made more money, Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, with $5.3 million. This is all domestic totals, by the way. Yeah. Number two, also debuting this week, and the last of the debuts, and of course, this is going to make some money, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, $11.35 million. Kids. And last but certainly not least, in the number one slot for the second week in a row, it is Avatar, The Way of the Water, $56 million. And for those of you who are interested, it had a drop off of 58.2% from last week. Yeah, because it sucks. Oh, hi I'm hearing very mixed reviews. I, I've, I've heard nothing good about it. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm with you. There's like, really, like, like the good, the good stuff that I've heard are all the people that are paid to say something good about it. 
I've, uh, as far as the friends that I've heard who went to see it, they basically told me it was a waste of their time, but it looked amazing. <laughs> That's <laughs> which I was already going to say, but it well, is. That was the is. last one. Once again, if you guys enjoyed Avatar: Way of the Water, that's uh, cool. We we never shit on people for their opinion. Art is subjective. We just didn't go see that. Avatar just sucks, people. Hi-o. Well, uh, upcoming films. There's really not too much coming out this upcoming week because of the new year. Uh, we'll be bouncing back from the week after because, of course, the week after that, Megan does come out, yeah. and we will be reviewing that in the first of the new year. Of course, next week is the big end uh, end of year kind of beginning of the year show as well because next week we will be doing the 2023 movie preview show where we're going to break down some movies that are coming out in the year 2023, some of which you will hear right here on the 3FN podcast. And then, of course, we'll also be giving out the Nerdy Awards next week. So no movie Ooh. review next week. Just uh, our takes on what were the best and the worst of 2022 and also the 2023 movie preview. We do it each and every year. Cannot wait for that. Now, that's going to bring us to the classic top three. Ronald, this week's top three is going to be the top in honor of the holiday season. And I know both me and you celebrate Christmas. So I'm going to put it this way. Top three Christmas gifts you really wanted but never got. So top three Christmas gifts okay. you really wanted but never got. I'm old, so I have to really think back here. <laughs> uh, so uh, number three, we're just going to go. I, I know there what I, like I, I was a board game kid back in the day, but I don't, I don't remember. Like I, I know I always asked for like board games, but my parents never really got like the really intricate board games. So I'm just going to put board games mm-hmm. on the whole. Okay. Um, not that they were any good because they were all the ones on commercials and like mousetrap mousetrap. Like, like it's not good, but like I wanted it like, you know, like I bought fireball Island myself, the original, like for with my, um, with my allowance and all that stuff. So like I would buy board games myself. So like any board game that I would put on my list, my parents didn't really do, uh, number two, um, for the longest time, uh, was a leather coat. Oh, okay. But uh, I did. They did eventually give me one, and because I was such a bad kid, it got it ripping it. So, but it, it, that was later in life when they thought I could handle it, and I couldn't. Sad, sad face. And then, of course, obviously, what brought this on was Rich saw my post about uh, Omega Supreme Transformer, and I made the comment, "This was I always wanted this, and I never got one." My parents failed me, and so I'm going to say Omega Supreme Transformer. <laughs> Omega Supreme Transformer. That's that's a good one. Well, my top three. I was thinking about it. My number three is the gift that everybody wanted after a little movie named Home Alone came out. The Talkboy. Oh yeah, I really wanted a Talkboy. My mom's like, you could just get a recorder. You know that, right? Yeah. But it's not a Talkboy, mom. Uh, number two. Now, my mom. I'm a preface this. My mom bought me. Pretty much every game system I ever had. So yeah. I had a Nintendo, yep. I had a Super Nintendo growing up. Obviously, I'm going to be 40 years old, so these are what came in. I had, you know, Sega and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. right? The one system I wanted was a handheld system called the Game Boy. My mom's like, you don't need that in a car. <laughs> you know, that was back when you talked to your family in cars and played, you know, like uh, license plate uh, bingo poker and bingo. Or Mad Libs and stuff. Whatever that other game you did on buses where you like tried to count animals. Yeah, it's crazy. And the last but certainly not least, and I really, really, really wanted this. And my mom was always good about getting me Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures because that, that was, those were the original ones. I wish I would have taken better care of them because they're worth a shit ton of money now, obviously. And she it. even bought me the play set, you know, the sewer set. But I really, I wanted really the, wanted the Technodrome. Technodrome. <laughs> and my mom would not buy me the Technodrome. Years later, I would buy a Technodrome that was missing a lot of pieces from a yard sale for very cheap yeah but it kind of sucked because i wanted i really really wanted the techno drum my mom yeah. would not buy it for me 
damn her. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wasn't like a bad child in the aspect of like wanting something super like, like I never wanted like the G.I. Joe Air Force carrier because I just knew that was way too big and not something like I was realistic about mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm like, yeah, if, if I had a place to set it up and stuff, but I was too young to think of it like that. But like, I wasn't that bad of a kid where I was like, I want this and just know that it wasn't going to happen. But, you know, I'm with you. I understand completely. Well, that's going to do it for the triple stuff edition for this week. And now let's cross right on over into the spoiler free portion of. Welcome to three events movie club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it's now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this week we went and saw the brand new film, Babylon. And we are going to give you the full-on review of that, of course, in the first half here. We are going to be spoiler-free, so if you've not seen Babylon and you don't want to spoil, that is fine, because we are not going to spoil anything here in the first half. When we go to break, then come back is when we'll do the spoiler uh, spoiler portion of the show. So, good morning, fair warning, everybody who hasn't seen it, you have nothing to worry about in the beginning part. Ron, shall we talk about the stats for this movie, if you will? Yes, please. Uh, Babylon was released on December 23rd of 2022 with a runtime of 189 minutes. That's right. 189 minutes. That's going to come back into play at some point. Yeah. Uh, your director and writer are one in the same, and that is Damien Chazelle. Uh, you uh, know him from directing such movies as Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, which was his first movie from 2009. He also did Whiplash, La La Land, and First Man. Uh, he wrote all of those movies, plus he has three other actually pretty hit movies that he wrote, in my opinion, really good movies that he wrote that he did not direct, and that is The Last Exorcism Part Two, Grand Piano, and 10 Cloverfield Lane. Nice. So uh, Damien Chaz- uh, Chazal is a very respected director. I know La La Land is considered to be an instant yeah. classic. I, I'm a fan of that movie, too. At some point, we will review that. Uh, kind of strange, and I will say this as a takeaway, La La Land takes place in old Hollywood, not as old as this version of Hollywood. And then we go back to the older version of Hollywood, the late 20s and early 30s, for Babylon. Yeah. So he must really be infatuated Could be. with old Hollywood, which is fine, which is fine. Uh, this movie's cinematographer was Linus Sangren. Uh, he is the cinematographer for American Hustle. He also joined Damien on La La Land and First Man. And most recently, Linus was the cinematographer for No Time to Die, the last James oh, Bond okay. flick, and Don't Look Up on Netflix. Nice. So he's got hey. some work, and he's, he's, he's a young man, and yeah. he's still uh, putting some he's, stuff out there, and it looks like he's going to be doing a lot more work. Oh, yeah, he's amazing, because Don't Look Up was amazing. Oh, it looked amazing. Of course, No Time to Die yeah. is, is shot, oh, so, so beautiful. expertly shot. So congratulations to Linus. And also, I, I will say this, and this is this is spoiler-free still, Babylon also shot very, very oh, well. Oh, yeah, 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 Very well. It looked very good. Uh, let's talk about some of the actors in this film, shall we? Let's start off with the man who stars in this film. He's top billed, and that, is, of course, is Brad motherfucking Pitt. Plays Jack Conrad. Of course, uh, his first movie ever was The Dark Side of the Sun in 1988. And then we're just going to go through a couple real quick because everybody knows who Brad Pitt is. Thelma and Louise, Cool, War- cool World, Interview with the Vampire, Seven, Fight Club, Snatch, 
Deadpool 2. I threw that in there for you, Ron. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Lost City, and Bullet Train both came out in 2022. So this is his third movie of 2022, by the way. Good Second time. that we've reviewed on the 3FN Movie Club. I like it. Except for we didn't. Uh, did you ever see The Lost City? Because I never did. No. I, I was the Sandra Bullock, Bullock uh, uh, Channing Tatum. Tatum. No, I didn't, I didn't watch it. Um, I I mean, I would. I just haven't gotten to it. Right. I'm just saying the, the other two we did cover here on the 3FN Movie Club Review in the past. Go check those out if you'd like. Uh, next up, with, of course, sharing the top bill, Margot Robbie played Nellie Leroy. Uh, of course, her first movie in the States, mind you, she was an actress in Australia originally, uh, about time in 2013. And then, of course, we know her most from The Wolf of Wall Street, Suicide Squad, and The Suicide Squad, I, Tanya, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Birds of Prey, and most recently here in 2022, because this is her second movie of 2022, a movie that you and Diesel both rated certified nerd, Amsterdam. So good. So good. Yeah, Margot Robbie. And uh, I, I, I'm going to tell you what, she may, uh, this movie may have pushed her to my woman crush of the year, <laughs> just so everybody knows. It's keeping place for the nerdies next week. Uh, next up was a man who made his first U.S. motion picture in this movie, and that would be Diego Calva, who played Manny Torres. Uh, the only other, like, kind of. I, and mind you, it was shot in Spanish. It's in Spanish, if you've ever watched it. Narcos Mexico oh, yeah. was what he's most known for. But he's been in a ton of Mexican films, including, you know, their telenovelas and everything else down there. So big star in Mexico. After his performance here, I could see him doing a lot more in the States as well. I can see it. And the last for the main stars of this movie, Jovan Adepo, who played Sidney Palmer. Uh, he got his start in Fences in 2016. That was uh, with, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Denzel Washington. Oh, that's right. Uh, Mother, Overlord. The Watchmen miniseries, and most recently, the Stand miniseries. Oh, that's right. So he's been in some pretty cool things. Pretty awesome. Uh, Also, giving a shout out to some people who were in the movie that some of them were in the movie for very long, but they were in the movie. Uh, In a bigger role was Gene Smart as Eleanor St. John. Yep. Uh, Most famously, you would know her from playing Martha Logan in 24. She was Carol in Garden State. Uh, So she's had a great career. Also, Olivia Wilde was in this movie for a blink-and-you-miss-it performance because she played Inya Conrad, who was his wife literally when he shows up to the party. Yep. And that's it. And I I forgot that she was even in this movie. Uh, Outside of that, you had a lot of young up-and-coming actors, except for we did have a flea sighting. Oh, Flea plays Bob Levine in this movie. That's right. I forgot. And uh, the only, the other name that everybody will recognize as soon as they see him is a man who I was kind of surprised was in this movie, and that was Eric Roberts. Yes. He played uh, Robert Roy, the, yeah. the father of Nellie. <laughs> he was great. And I thought that that was interesting because I really was not thinking that I was going to see <laughs> the him great a, Eric a, Roberts. The great Eric Roberts in a, He's in a so movie. He's so underrated, man. He was good in this movie. Oh, he was great in this movie. Especially when he's fighting snakes. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> Uh, and Jeff Garland, who recently got canceled, I thought he played uh, Don Wallach, which well, he, he, he got, plays a bigger role in this movie than he's not in the movie a lot, but he technically plays a bigger role because when you get to the house party, it's his house. Yeah. He, he, well, he got canceled on the Goldbergs. Well, yes, but I'm just saying like, it's weird because I was like, wow, he's in this movie, which I'm not offended by. It. He, I thought he did a great job in this movie and a uh, big shout outs to Lee June Lee, who played Lady Faye in this movie. She's, she's done some uh, other things like she was on the exorcist TV show. Yep. Uh, she was on sex life and evil. She's done a lot more TV. TV than she has movies, but man, she was really good in this. No, movie. she was amazing really in this movie. So big shout outs and so many more. Well, 
this movie, Ron, had a budget of $110 million. I just told you what the U.S. box office was for this film, but it's not open worldwide yet. I do know, like, in the U.K., it opens on January 20th. However, it did open some other places. Do you want to guess what the box office thus far is for Babylon? Uh, Mind you, it was 3.4 in the States. 3.4 in the States. Uh, open also, so probably, like, 22 Oh, way to fuck off. $5.4 million. This movie is bomb. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. Bombing. Uh, Bad timing, I would say. I can say that. Bad, bad, bad timing. Well, keeping it spoiler-free and right before the break, it is now time for us to give our spoiler-free thumbs-up, thumbs-in-the-middle, or thumbs-down recommendation for Babylon. So this is going to be completely spoiler-free. So, Ron, what is your recommendation and why spoiler-free? I'll put it in the middle. I'll put thumbs in the middle. Um, If you like the cast, you should enjoy this movie. If you like old Hollywood, the concept of what old Hollywood was, um, then, yeah, you you see it. It's kind of a fever dream. Uh, We'll get closer to that when I don't want to give too much away. Like, if you enjoy the cast, like, everybody acted really well in this, and that's a solid part of it. it's not very historically accurate, I don't think. It's more of a take, uh, you know, like an idea of what, how it happened. So if you're looking for the more historical, act, you know, historical facts and stuff, this isn't your movie. But the concept, I could see where it's out there like this. So, you know, it's in the middle. You might enjoy it, you may not. I'm actually going to agree with you. My thumb is also in the middle, and I'm going to read you the letterbox, spoiler-free letterbox review I did write for this, as I usually do here. Uh, if you would like to see those ahead of time, uh, follow 3FN Pod on Letterboxd. Uh, here's what I wrote. Babylon hits the ground running. The first hour or so of the movie hits you with you with fun, hilarious, and absurd scene after scene, all while setting up the world of old Hollywood. Unfortunately, after that, it bogs down at times with a lot of unnecessary scenes. All is not lost, as there is still plenty Plenty of good that happens in the second half of the film. However, this movie would be far better if it was an hour, if an hour was cut. Overall, I still really enjoyed this love letter to old Hollywood and cinema as a whole. Yeah. So, I, in the spoiler full part, we'll go into that a little more. But I would say thumbs in the middle. If you have three hours to kill, uh, <laughs> then go ahead. Fifteen minute nap in the middle. Honestly, I'm going to throw <laughs> this out there. If this movie was a two hour movie, we're I'm, I, it's a thumbs up movie. And I, we'll I talk about that more with the spoiler full part. Well. That is going to do it for the first half of the show and all the spoiler-free parts. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back from this break, we're going to dive into the spoiler full review of Babylon. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, and you're listening to the Three Fat Nerds podcast. You're falling apart, and you know it. You try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know I felt it too And I'm still trying to figure it out Just like you Just like you
All right, and we're back with the second half of the 3FN podcast. More importantly, the second half in the spoiler full review of Babylon. Hit that trumpet. Yeah. Great music, by the way. I'm going to say it up front. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack for Babylon. I, I, I love that old jazz, oh, funky it style. Is great. Well, we are diving into the spoiler full review of Babylon. That means if you've not seen Babylon and you don't want the movie spoiled, this is time for you to stop the podcast, go see the movie, and then come back. If you do not care about it being spoiled or if you've already seen it, this is time for you to join us as we enjoy talking about Babylon. So, Ronald, are you ready to dive into the review? Oh, yeah. All right, so let's talk about it. We're not going to go scene by scene for this movie because this movie is fucking way too long. And let me get that right out of the way. The number one dislike with this movie, the number one this movie fucking went down. And I'm going to I'm gonna admit, this movie is not certified nerd right up to in the beginning. Mm. I will say this. This movie, if you cut an hour of the slack out of this movie, could have been possibly certified nerd. Possibly. I'm not saying it would have been, right. depending upon what you cut and how you put it together. But if this was down to like two hours and 20 minutes or two hours and 15 minutes or two hours even, and you cut out a lot of worthless, slow, bogged down bullshit that didn't make any sense anyways, guess what? This movie was very enjoyable. Yeah. Unfortunately, what brings the score down on this film is the fact and the biggest thing, and I'm, I think you're going to agree with this. I want your opinion. The biggest thing that brings it down is that three-hour fucking runtime. It was killer. <laughs> the, the one day that I'm tired and I'm like, oh, you told me when we were walking in, you know this is three hours, right? I'm like, oh, fuck no. Three hours in 10 minutes. So that's why I said, even if it dropped down to 215, that's still pretty much an hour off the movie. Yeah. If, it dro- if you're down in that area, you would have cut out literally the parts that we didn't need and you could have kept it going because one of the positives of this film, and I know you mentioned it in the spoiler free and I want you to kind of, uh, you know, uh, go ahead and expand on it a little bit here, if you will. Is that it's a fever dream. Oh, it's a fucking fever dream. And not in a bad way. That's no. the best part. The fever start, dream aspect is really good. It starts off where, with an elephant. <laughs> the guy, guy's sitting on the side of the road waiting for a truck to pick up an elephant. And the truck thinks he's picking up a horse. Yeah. <laughs> and they're on their way to a party. <laughs> I mean, within the first five minutes of yeah. this movie, you have somebody shit on by an elephant. Yes. And I'm like, whoa, this is the way we're going? In the first <laughs> ten minutes of this movie, you have somebody who is... A fatty Arbuckle type. It isn't fatty Arbuckle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But oh, it yeah. is based on the fatty Arbuckle story. Yes. Uh, is getting pissed on. Yes. Like literally in a room with this young girl, and she literally pisses from his toes to his face and all in his mouth. <laughs> and you watching this going, what the? And they're at this party, and there's there's debauchery, and there's oh, naked yeah. people, and it's fucking the craziest shit you'll ever see. And if you know anything about old Hollywood, it's actually, it's not completely historically accurate, but, but it's not far off. No. And, and like you see all this and you're like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? And the reason you know it's a Fatty Arbuckle type is because the young girl ends up dead. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know who Fatty Arbuckle is, he was a major silent film star who then ended up being somebody who got canceled in our terminology these yeah. days because he was sleeping with, I do believe she was underage even, I could be wrong. Uh, but she ended up, because he was a very fat man, yeah. he ended up suffocating her while fucking her, Yeah. Is, to, to put it the most bluntly possible. Not not intentionally. It wasn't like he choked her and killed her. His his weight killed her. Like that yeah. is real shit. It's like you know when you fall asleep on the cat. Yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. 
but yeah, that they, they kind of touch upon this. So there's a lot of familiar older stories that they put in that Damien puts into this movie, and I thought was very good. And he, when he puts it as the fever dream that it is, you're like, it's crazy. The first hour of this film, when I said in the spoiler free that it's fun and you don't know where it's gonna go, it's scene to scene is just fucking nuts. It's like you, you, they're doing fucking blow. They're fucking like there's random jokes. They're showing up on sets. You get to see what a set looked like back in the day. Yeah. You go from the oh, professional yeah. set. You know, Jack Conrad, the biggest silent star of his day, has on this really professional fucking set, and you have that end of it. And then you have uh, Nelly showing up for the first time on the lower budget movie sets, and it's yeah. like literally dirt and shit built in the fucking desert, yeah. and and it's really just run down and shit. And it's like these two dichotomies. And if you know anything about the system back. Back then that's how it was and then you go into the sound studio age yeah you know when they you know when they started doing talkies if you will yeah it's it's an interesting dichotomy in this movie and there's a lot of cool stuff that they touch upon that I wish that they would have flushed out a little more. Yeah. Uh, just, just so you know, he's she was 25. Okay, so she was old enough. Yeah, I couldn't remember if she was. No, 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 no. I, I had to find it, but yeah, she was 20. I couldn't remember either. Sorry. But yeah, that's the 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 worst part about it is like there's parts that you could have expanded on to justify the longer runtime that would have made this movie more interesting and fun. However, they don't do that, and instead they go off on these journeys, these side quests to make you feel something for characters you already feel something for. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, they oh. do a good enough job in that first hour that, that the main characters of this movie, whether it's Manny or whether it's Jack or whether it's Nellie, you already have, or, you know, even Lady Faye, and yeah. it goes on. No. You have feelings for all of these characters, am I wrong? No, you you do, you get all the feels for all these characters. Like, you, like uh, you get Jack, you know, pulling up and Olivia Wilde, you know, his wife is already yelling at him. If you go into that party, we're done. Well, then, then she goes, if you say one, and he starts talking to her in Italian. If you say one, one more thing word. in Italian, yeah. he's like, okay, sorry. And then he starts going into an Italian set. She's like, I'm fucking done. Done, done. And just drives off. Like, he gets out of the car, goes to the party, and she drives off. And you're just like, okay, so that's what it is. And then, that, like, that whole arc for him is he's married, like, multiple times, you know, because he just, everybody he finds, he's just like, oh, let's get married. And it just has that. I think when it's all said, he's on his fifth wife. I yeah, think so by the end. And, and then, then, and then you have George, his yeah. his friend, who yeah. he's the. You find out that he's the person who believed in him, and that's why he uh, Jack keeps him around. Yeah, and he became an actor. Right, right. So Jack keeps him around, and you go through all these things where George is. Uh, it's it's comedic at first because. George has lady problems. Oh, yeah. she I thought she you only knew her for two days, George. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, whatever. And and you yeah. go through this whole thing and you're like and you feel like you love him because yeah. he's a lovable guy, but at the same time it's the same like thing, so it almost becomes tongue in cheek laughter. And then the, at the right time in the movie, he does kill himself. Yeah. Not on screen or anything. No, but... but and that's what takes... And it's at the same time, Jack is now going through being a silent star to the talkies coming in and him not doing so well no, in yeah, the talkies, he, he, if he you He did will. not transfer well. No. Which happened to a lot of silent yeah, yeah. movie stars. So, like, you have this really cool thing and then you have, like, Nelly, who just exudes being a star and she's like that and she has that rock star mentality like manny falls in love with her manny is when we meet manny he's just a helper when we meet nelly she's just a she's faking to try to get in the business yeah. she's faking it till she makes it and you see them interact and then they go their separate ways yeah. as they grow in hollywood because manny ends up befriending jack because he takes him home and then jack brings him to set next thing you know manny's a gopher on set then manny's kind of a a, a, a helper to jack and then yeah. he becomes a producer and then eventually he becomes the executive of a studio yeah because in hollywood you fail upwards yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's real because you know yep. I mean, that's how we explain john peters career. <laughs> uh <laughs> but then on the other end nelly you know she goes to set and she's a small role in this shit well because shitty the, movie yeah because the, the, the actress that was with 
the fatty arbuncle there who dies. So mm-hmm. they're like, we just need somebody young and cute. And she just happens to still be doing. But she didn't have the tits for it because no. that's exactly what uh, yeah. the, the, the female director, mind you, female director goes, oh, I thought it's the broad with the tits. Yeah, but she's <laughs> dancing on the bar at 2 a.m. or at 5 a.m. Call time's at 8 and she's got to go get an hour of sleep. And show upset, and then and then through the scene, she finds out that she can cry on command. Yeah, and all of a sudden, a star is born, and, and we get this rise to you know Nellie Leroy being the most popular you know silent. motion picture star, silent yeah. picture star, and it even translates a little bit. She doesn't have a harder time translating, except for her annoying voice. Yeah, into the you know talkies, and it's just kind of this weird world. And you built all of this, and this is all like in the first hour, hour and a half, and the movie's going fine, and then all of a sudden, it's just like. Yeah, and I thought it was going to keep going because around that time is where we get Manny and Nellie meeting back up because Nellie's in New York just doing uh, visiting her mother who we find out's in a sanitarium yeah. and like and she's getting mobbed and and he's there to watch a talkie because it's the first talkie that's uh and so he's got to he, he needs to be there because he, he, Jack wants to know is this a real thing is yeah. this going to be something in the future and of course he gives a standing ovation and the people are all excited and yeah it's not not because of Jack it's just because it was a talkie yes it's just because of talk- well it wasn't him it's in the movie he's there seeing it's a different oh yeah movie. that's right uh it actually stars real people too because yeah, like, right. they, they do add in some real names yeah, in the movie right. they don't you don't see them as actors in our in the film our film i should say in babylon uh you see them though as advertised yeah so like you start seeing like uh different you know like aubrey Hepburn is at one point yeah. juncture on a poster and the gene kelly's on a yeah. poster like you see stuff like that but they're not in the movie they don't have characters playing them the, everybody else is fictional or loosely based on somebody, if you yeah. will. So, like, you have that going on, and you're like, okay, cool, the movie's still progressing, and then, like, that's the wall. After that scene, it kind of fucking bogs yeah. down. Very much so. And even, like, you're dealing with all this thing where Nellie is still partying her ass off, and, you know, I did this shit my way, so I'm not going to change, but now it's talkies. They bring in Manny to, to be the head of the studio for where she is because they bring him in basically to be like, oh, we don't know what's going on Nellie, and they kind of know that he loves her. Yeah. That's because Flea plays an asshole in this movie. Yep. You know, so they do all of this stuff, and you're just like, but it's so slow. You're like, fuck. Fuck me. Like, yeah. that's really where it gets bogged down. And the next, like, hour of this film to bring you to the two and a half hour mark is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And there's only one other fever dream spot towards the end of that. And it's still fucking, it, it but it's the weirdest part of the movie. And that's, of course, when we get introduced to Tobey Maguire's character. Oh, uh, I didn't mention him during the beginning because he's a producer on this film, but I think he's more of a shocking role in this film. Dude, I don't care. I want to see more of that guy. I would have, you know what, here's the thing. I would have been in on seeing him as well. Yeah. He plays a gangster in this movie, technically. Yeah, but he's like, like he's all so fucked up. It's funny. He's, he's weird. He's got funny. Yeah. Spin, and, and, and Tony McGuire kills it, by the Dude, way. Dude, he kills it. Kills like, it. Kills it. And and so you get batted back in, but it's fucking weird. They take him into this, like, shaft. It's like a mine shaft, yeah, kind of like an old mine shaft. It's, it's an hills. old sex. Like, it's a bar upstairs, and it's like a sex dungeon downstairs, and it's well, the, the really. The, mer- the middle floor, there, there's the bar, then it turns into a fight club, then the, the sex, sex dungeon. And, and then the real, real depraved shit. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this fucking like muscle dude that's just eating live rats. Yeah. Like whole. Very, very simpleton muscle dude. Dude, it's fucking weird. And, yeah. and, and like fucking the the the, the guy who's named Jack as well, who uh, is played by Toby McGuire. He's throwing fucking money on the stage <laughs> at this guy. He's like, this guy's great. You got to see him. Yeah. You're going to put him in all the movies. Dude, I like I I, I, I want to see more of this character. I don't know why. It's and of Toby course, McGuire where he gets brought in is because 
out of nowhere, somewhere in the the things is that Nelly likes to play cards. Yeah, she's and a, she she's goes a, to his gangster thing and she loses eighty five thousand dollars. Yeah, and he's just like, oh well, if you don't have the money by you know Friday, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah. So Manny, because he you know he has her his falling out, but he's because he loves her, tries to get the money. So he goes to the guy who is like the gopher on set, who basically gets everybody their drugs. Yeah, so good. He was so he was, good. He was good. He was good. But he gets all everybody their drugs and go figure. He had. He thought when he got money, instead of getting eighty five thousand in real cash, he had the guy who makes the fake money on fucking set make eighty five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking crazy. Take, take that just to drop it off and get out and call it a day. <laughs> instead, they go hang out with this guy. And they find out it's not real. So now they're they're getting their lives chased yeah. after all the way. <laughs> so this is where I have another big problem with the movie. And the way that they, they put it in order. You could have gotten rid of a lot of that bulkier section in the middle and still had this part and been like, I'm okay with it. Because then we get like the follow-up. But the way that they, the order they shot this in was the wrong order. Okay. Here's what I'm saying. So the way this movie ends, as far as our, our protagonists, Nellie and Manny are trying to escape. They drop off the one guy to get his stuff. Well, they're gone. You know, she just wants to stay. She doesn't care. She's accepted death, et cetera, et cetera. But then he's asked her to marry him and go to Mexico. And so there, it looks like they're going to be happy. And they finally embrace and kiss. And it's on tape. And then he goes to pick up the guy and she fucks off. She just leaves. She just leaves. She just dances down the street. Like, yeah. and it's stupid. Like, I'm like, this is fucking dumb. Yeah. And then the killer shows up ends up killing the prop guy and his roommate and fucking Manny pisses himself and he's like you better disappear <laughs> there's a lot of piss in this movie and he's like you better you better fucking disappear and disappear now let let's him live for whatever reason cuz he's begging for his life i guess yeah. and so then he fucks you know he tries to find Nelly but then fucks off because why why wouldn't you yeah. so then we come full circle and it's you know years later and we find out on the bottom, because they go through like uh, different like uh, newspaper clippings about how the change of Hollywood, yeah. they kind of bring you up to date. And at the bottom of one, it says that Nellie was found dead at 34. Yeah. And so it was a couple years on. And then it's like him being back in Hollywood in the 50s, going to the studio, showing his daughter and wife, because they live in New York, and he owns a radio fixing yeah. store yeah. or some yeah, bullshit. Something like that, yeah. And, like, and then he goes to a movie while his daughter and is there and then he had there's this great artsy thing it, it is beautiful artsy like they mix in like these crazy trippy colors which we've been yeah. getting all movies like a fever dream but then they mix in like singing in the rain like the real you know bing crosby dancing yeah. and all sorts of like real footage of showing you old hollywood and and like the movies like not the dark side but like the fucking why yeah. why people love movies and it's an emotional part for manny yada, yada, yada. and that's how we end this movie right in the meantime, though, before any of this happens, which is fine, but I still don't like most of the artsy part. I'm cool with the the story there falls apart because before that happens, we get what you should have ended the film on or should have done right before he comes back. And that is the Jack Conrad finish. Yeah. Because that is the emotional finish. Jack yeah, Conrad. Did. And by the way, Brad Pitt kills in this fucking Oh, God. Movie. He's so good in this movie. And and he goes through this thing where he's no longer in. He People are laughing at him and they're writing him off and his career is over and yada, yada, yada. And he's trying to come to grips with that, if you will. And at one point, like the studio exec calls him for a favor and he, so, he's, he makes him tell him that it's a shit film yeah. and that he's doing him, you know, he's bailing him out. And he goes, listen, it's nothing against you. I'm still going to do your fucking movie. I just need you to tell me that. Yeah. And he kills it on set. Like, yeah. that's what we get led to believe. Everybody's like, you're back. It's fucking, everybody's talking about how great you were. And he's at this party and he runs into Lady Faye and she's going to Europe and she's, she's a costume designer. She's going to Europe and he's just like, at this point, he looks at her and he goes, I'm tired. 
I'm just tired of it all. And she came and gives him the look. And you have this moment. You're like, oh, oh, he's going to kill himself. Yeah. And he goes up the stairs. He goes, tells his wife, oh, I'm going to just go up and get some cigars for uh, you know me yep. and the gentleman. And he goes, she's like, okay. And he goes, gives her a kiss on the forehead. He walks up the stairs. He sees the but- he sees the butler, if you will. Yeah. And he goes, hey, you know, what's the biggest tip you ever got here? He goes, the kid goes, 50 bucks. Who did that? You. He reaches in his pocket. And he gives him all of his money, which we don't know how much it is, but Not, it's a lot. Yeah. And then he goes upstairs, and this is this is fucking powerful and genius. This and scene shot. So and this well. is why this should have been. He goes into the room, and the camera never goes in the room. No. But the door doesn't shut all the way, and it creaks back open. So yeah. you're literally looking through, and all you can see is a little bit of the living area because this is a hotel room, a fancy yeah. hotel room. So you can see a little bit of the living area. You can see the straight in front of you a doorway where there's a hallway. You can't see the room that's to the left, and you can see that the, the there's a bathroom. a bathroom with a door open, and there's all this white stuff in there. You can see like the bathtub. You can't see the whole bathroom you can just see part of it in the mirror the sink and the door i think you, you can't you know you all you can see is the no there's just the towel the tub and the door you can't see the mirror he walks in because you don't see him at all oh that's right because that's right. he goes into the other room and he initially comes and goes to the left of that room when he comes to cross he has a gun in his hand he walks into the bathroom and i'm like oh shit this is he's gonna happen and there's a break and it, it, there's an you know there's an anticipation break and then bang you hear the gunshot and there's just blood that splatters on the wall yeah. you never see him shoot himself you never see the body you just see blood you hear the gunshot and this blood splatter on the wall it's shot so beautifully yeah. that that should have been the scene that then led you into 1950 you yeah. could if, if you want to do the other part that i didn't necessarily like you could have flopped them so you would have had the most powerful mm. scene coming into yeah. him coming back manny coming back in the 1950s to then see the artsy thing to end the movie if that's how you really wanted to end well the movie. There, there because of her just taking off uh there's no reason to have that whole where they're like oh we're gonna get married i love you blah blah just don't don't even bother with nelly and that manny thing you get rid of that completely you can have them still run from you know toby mcguire's character and all that and you know the gun but like you said you put that before then you go into this because then you know shit just goes downhill and i i don't even think you really needed the 1950s scene you know what i i agree with you I, I'm agreeing with you, although I didn't mind the RC scene. No, I didn't. I didn't mind the RC part of it at the end, but I don't think you needed it. Well, you didn't have to do the scene. You could have still put that in at the end. You could have yeah. done the gunshot and then like kind of done. They'll just show a movie and kind of flashed yeah. into like a movie theater showing that. Yeah, and you could have done something like that and ended it that way. There's a lot of different. Even if you wanted to add that 1950 scene, if you would have put the gunshot scene before it and then the time jump, you would have had that really powerful scene to end with the really powerful artsy scene. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, okay. And mind you, I am being nitpicky, but that's what a critic does. And I just don't really. I just didn't. I think that's why it didn't work. Yeah. Because we had this. We have this powerful scene. Then you go into like the fucking. Basically, in a lot of ways, they try to play it off as serious, but it, it came across as like one of those like. Like yeah. fucking chases. Benny, Benny Hill. Benny Hill chases. Yeah. yeah, man. If you put the Benny Hill music to it, it, uh, it, it would have been a comedic scene. Probably. With with Manny and the 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 guy from the studio uh-huh. and fucking Nelly running around and Nelly being all crazy and yeah. fucking just wanting to dance and do her own thing and yeah. I'm okay with dying. I yada 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 yeah. yada yada. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Like, like, there's like four total stories going on in this movie. That's the other reason why it's so long. Because mm. you had the the black trumpet player. Yeah, also. we didn't even touch on him, which I do want to touch on that yeah. in a second. Because yeah, Javon Adapo does a great job. Oh yeah, he does great. Like, but there's like those are the four main stories going on, and it's just like when you get to the end, you're just like, all right, this was three hours, and you're just like, and you had four stories, and they're all jumping around. They all kind of intertwine, kind of like go, but they 
don't at the end. <laughs> right, but they, I think they spend too much time on nonsense yeah. instead of like spending the only story. And I, I'm glad you brought it up because I do want to go circle back to it because this is this. Uh, it connects to the other stories because uh, obviously uh, the Sidney Palmer character is playing at the parties and he's a yep. trumpet player and he's really good. And that's but that story is the one that's kind of contained, even though it touches the other stories, yeah. it's contained enough that it's easier yeah. for you yeah. to digest. And I, I liked how that story went. Yeah. Well, it was great because at first you meet Ometra doing the playing the music at the party. You, you, him and his bandmate, you know, his bandmates making fun of him, like, you know, making racial comments. And it's okay because they're, you know, brothers. And they go through and he's like, oh man, if you, if you, you know, you, you're playing trumpet like that, man, you're playing flat, man. You, you need to work on your lips. And like that's in its jokes going through. And that pushes him to strive to be better and actually. And he's in. like sleeping on a chair at a house. Yeah. Like that's what he, he puts up two like table chairs and that's yeah. how he's sleeping in the fucking uh, show. And then it goes into him like taking sound work. Yeah. And uh, he tells Manny, because Manny at this point is the head of the studio, he goes, or no, not the head. He was right before he was right the head. He was still a producer. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, you know, your cameras are pointing at the wrong thing. And that's how Sydney, that's how Manny gets his start because he then puts Sydney on stage yep. and on film playing jazz music. Yeah. And like all these all big sets and it and it's a hit and that's what really gets him over. Yeah. And so Sidney Palmer becomes this huge fucking star and then he goes over to Kinescope, which because they were with uh, MGM at first, yeah. I do believe. Yeah. And then he goes over to Kinescope and at Kinescope, he's like, you know, that's where Manny's running the whole show. And that's where we get the downside, because at some point people are like, we have a problem. Well, what's the problem? Well, he's on stage. They're telling Manny. Well, what's the problem? Well, he's got, you know, black people aren't going to watch this movie. We need the coloreds to watch this movie because that's what you know. That's where we make our money off of this. Yeah. But they're not going to watch it because he looks white compared to the other players. Yeah. So they have him put shoe polish on mm-hmm. to make himself look blacker. Yeah. And it's a really like emotional oh, fucking scene emotional because scene. you can tell that he's he's not comfortable with it. He thinks he's selling out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's just really disturbing. And then, but he does it. He does it because the reason he, the only reason he does it is because Manny's like, well, all these people are depending upon you to get paid. If if you don't yes. make this movie, they don't get paid. And so at the end of the day, he does it so everybody can get paid. Yep. And then he just leaves his keys in his brand new car and yep. leaves his house and just leaves. And that's kind of the end of the story. But you do get to see him come back later uh, to a party where he plays on stage and the crowd loves him. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's this weird like his his story arc is really cool, showing like the 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 horrible things that you know black actors went through at the time and it was really really kind of cool and i thought that that was the only one that was contained and it wasn't too long and it was fucking perfect the other ones they get off the fucking rails well actually i shouldn't say jack conrad's is pretty it's pretty contained too yeah it's just the nelly manny story goes too far into and that's where it bogs down in my opinion no i agree i'm not saying anything bad because i I think that both margot roby and diego calva did a a great job yeah they do but i still think it bogged down it does uh, do you have any other likes or dislikes that we haven't talked about yet, Ron? Uh, like I said, this it's when it starts off, it starts off running. Like, like it's just funny when it just starts off and you're dealing with an elephant. <laughs> like, like I don't think there's any movie that started off that more obscure. Like, seriously. Like, and then you're just like, whoa, and that whole fever dream there, and you're just like, okay, we're we're on, we're here for the ride. We're gonna ride this. Like, let's go. And then, like you said, you hit that wall, and it's just like. Ugh. And then it's just uh, uh, like things just starts moving slower. Like, I'm just, and that that's the part where I'm just like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's pick up something else. And then it's just like, okay, random Tobey Maguire scene just to pick it back base up just so you can have an ending. Yeah, 
I, I really feel like you're yeah. hit that. Uh, I do want to stress this movie looks beautiful. The yeah. costume is be- costumes are beautiful. The fucking soundtrack and score to this oh, film is amazing. Are second to none. It's fucking wonderful music, and I really think that they had this really good concept. And I don't want to take away uh, from what uh, Damien Chevelle did here. However, however, I think that, that, that there were just some missed marks. And I think really where it went is the three hours. Yeah. If they would have cut out some of the slackier parts of the movie, kept it more entertaining, kept it really, kept it really out. The, when you were on the fucking, your, your balls of your feet and this crazy shit is happening, it's at a fever dream. The fever dream is really, really good. And when you get bogged down and this movie slows the fuck down, you're like, well, why was that? And then it tries to pick back up and just, it can't. Yeah. It just, it, yeah. there's no way you're going to come back from that. Because the, the ending is not as crazy. The ending, even with all that running around and the Benny Hill shit that we were talking about, even with the powerful scene with the suicide, the, the ending, no matter what, is is a more downturn ending. There's only one person who kind of gets a happy ending, and it's Manny. Yeah. Because Manny goes on to live, but he, even he doesn't get a happy ending because he's crying because he had all the he all, all these people that yeah. he loved and all these people that that you know he, you know loved him are all gone and he lost everything because he had to run away. Yeah. And so therefore. Th- it's still not like a happy ending for him, but he's the only one that lives. Yeah. And it just kind of brings you to that part where, well, I mean, Sidney Palmer lives too, but obviously by yeah, the but time they, they're not, they never touch back yeah. on him. Yeah. But like, it's just like one of those things where you're just like, fuck, you knowing how this movie's going to end. You should have kept the fever pitched up stuff up, kept it entertained because even during the bog down part, there's this party in the middle where they try to, there's snake wrestling. Yeah. Her, you know, the the execs are tired of hearing the manager of of Nelly is her dad, played by Eric Roberts. Yeah, uh, and he's like, he's, he's just telling stories. He tells stories that are full of shit. Yeah, and one of them is how he wrestles snakes. He keeps talking yeah. about it. So they finally go looking for a snake and happen to find a rattlesnake in the middle of the desert. Yeah, and then she gets bit by the snake, and it's this crazy fucking yeah. punching people. Everybody yeah. falls, and it's like something that would have belonged in the beginning of this movie, but they slowed yeah. the movie down before that scene happens for thirty minutes. Then they put that in, and then it slows back down again for another twenty. So it's just kind of out of place. If they would have put that more towards yeah. the first half and then slowed it down progressively i'm not saying like they did where they bogged it down because when it bogs down i mean bogs yeah. down what they should have done is started to huh. decline it so we could have gone into those sad yeah. story endings at the end and the ending shouldn't have been the benny hill kind of thing that should have been a little more downtrodden and real yeah. in my opinion especially after the powerful suicide scene yeah i agree and you know the funny part is it's almost like he sh- it shot backwards yes like most movies would end with the super party and the fever dream party like hey we made it and this is where we're at now and and you get that big party at the end you know and everybody's happy but this one is like okay this is the prime of their life they have it right here and in the beginning of this movie this is the prime of all their lives because they're all having fun they're doing what they want to do they're enjoying it and then life just kicks them in the nuts as it goes on i agree but i I understand doing it this way too because oh, it, I agree. It, and it's supposed to be because it's supposed to end on that serious note. But unfortunately, they kind of whack they, they went too far. Well, they didn't just go too far, but they as they were instead of doing the decline into that good finish, they took you back to some of that wacky fever dream yeah. shit. And once again, I like those parts of the movie, but when when you bog the movie down, then bring you back up and then bog the movie down, when you get to that part where you're supposed to have emotion, we've lost it. Yeah. We fucking lost it. And I think that that's really where this is a disconnect. Once again, you cut an hour of this movie out. 
And I could point out the hour. If you cut, I could tell you yeah. where the cut should be. If you cut an hour of this movie out and you could even keep it, this movie is closer to a certified nerd movie. I don't think it would be quite certified nerd, but it would be on the precipice. True. Because there's a really fucking good premise. There's a really good story in there. You just have to cut the things and move things over. If you change the ending a little bit on top of it, this is a certified nerd movie. I can see that. In, instantly. Like all you would have to do is swap the ending around, change a little bit, bit of things in the ending, and make that edits. This is certified nerd. If you just made the edits and kept the ending the exact same, we would be talking about this as a as as a high. I guarantee, as a high, just take my money. True. That's all I'm saying there. Yeah. Well, now that we've talked about it and we've given you our review, you know we have to go around the internet and find out what other people gave it and gave the scores what? for this movie. But uh, we like to have a little fun with that. So, Ron, I do believe. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> well, you are playing against yourself, Ron, and you've won some and you've lost some, and I'm not even keeping track anymore because, <laughs> hell, it's fun. So it's simple. Uh, since Ron's playing by himself, he's just trying to get within five points, whether higher or lower, so a 10-point swing, of the score given by the different outlets around the internet. If he does, he gets a point. If he gets three out of five, he wins. If not, the house wins. Ron, are you ready to play the game? Yeah. IMDB, out of 10 using points, what did they give Babylon? Uh, just because it just came out, and it's probably high. I'm going to say 7.2. You said 7.2, and you get the point. It was 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Metacritic. Remember, this is critics only and strictly critics only, not just the critics that they use for Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give Babylon? Uh, they've been low lately, so I'm going to say 62. You're going to say 62 and you literally just missed oh. because it was 56. Oh, it was 56. If you would have picked 61, you would have gotten <laughs> All right. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. Are you ready? Yeah. Out of 100%, this is the critic score. What did they give Babylon? Okay, so I still, I still think it's got to be low. Because um, just like all the bogged down parts. Uh, 56 for the last one. I said 62. Uh, 68. You're going to say 68? Yeah. Oh, man. Am I just missing these? Just just missed. 59%. Was it 59? 59. Okay, so so close. They, they, were, they were close together. Rotten Tomato, you got to get the next two right if you yeah, want to win. I'm not going to get them. Rotten Tomatoes fan score out of 100% for Babylon. 78. 78 is your score, and. Nope. Sorry, Ron. This one, really off. 49%. Oh, they don't know. People don't like it. Okay. Fan score on Rotten Tomatoes, super yeah. low. And that's going to bring us to the Google users out of 100%. Ron, what did they give Babylon? Uh, out of habit, I want to say 80, but we'll say 75. You'll say 75 in. You would have gotten the point 71%. Yeah. So you got two out of five. Yeah. So close. You were so close yet so, so far away. But since we've now have gotten the internet scores, that means there's only one thing left. That is to get our scores. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, and it is time to give out the nerd score followed by my critic score of Babylon. The nerd scale is simple. First of all, the nerd score is a recommendation score made up of the entertainment portion and the critic portion. That means it could be critically low, but if it's entertaining enough, the score could be higher. And although it hasn't happened yet, but I always forewarn about it, technically it could be critically higher and the score could be lower depending upon if it wasn't uh, entertaining enough. Right. 
The nerd scale is as follows. A one is no. That means this movie is terrible and you should probably never watch it. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned. A three is it's good. You know, that's basically it's right in the middle. It's an average to good film. It's nothing you have to rush out to see. It's not an essential film. It's not something that you should add to a list. But if it's on or you you know you come across it or if you're looking for something to watch, if you're home or whatever, and you end up seeing it, it's not like it's going to be a waste of your time completely. It's just, you know, not great. Next up is Just Take My Money. These are the movies that are really good to great. These are the movies that are essential. These are the movies you can feel comfortable seeing in the theater or purchasing and adding to your collection. These are movies you need to go out of your way to see if you have never seen them because you know what? They're that damn good. And last, but certainly not least, is The Rarified Air, and that is Certified Nerd. These are the legendary films. These are the very great films. These are the classic films. These are films like Jurassic Park, Jaws, the original Halloween, and so many more that when you point to like the top of a genre, the top of the classics, the best of the best, these are the movies that belong there. That is why they are Certified Nerd. With that being said, Ronald, what is your nerd score and why? For Babylon. Overall, this movie is great. Like we said, it is a fever dream. It is shot beautifully. It is a movie. The the, the killer of this movie, though, is the three-hour time mark. If it, like you got to set aside some time to see this movie. I'm giving it a three. I I, it, I think it needs to be seen, but I think it's better to be seen at your house when you have time, even if you have to be able to stop it and go, which might take you a little bit out of it. But it's three hours like that. That's really kills me. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'm also giving it a three. It's good. And I'm so close on it. I do think it's a movie you should see. I mean, seeing it on the big screen is awesome because you have, you know, the big screen. And this movie was definitely an homage to old Hollywood, the big screen theaters. It should be seen in a theater. However, three hours in a theater is a long time. I understand if you don't have that. It is a very good movie. There's a lot of bogged down parts in the middle, but at the end of the day, it is a great love letter to old Hollywood. Yeah. It's a lot of it. There's a lot of good stuff in it. the The cinematography is wonderful. The scenery is wonderful. The costumes are wonderful. The score is wonderful. At the end of the day, the story is really good. It just fucking gets out of whack at times and bogs down and it's, that's the only really part i really wish this movie like i keep saying if this movie is an hour shorter this is a fucking high yeah very high with no other changes just cutting out the sl- the the slacky parts that you don't really need this movie literally is a high just take my money literally however because it's not it's it's just not there and it's just it's sad because there this movie should have been a home run clear cut with that, this is going to be the finally the movie that did it because I'm giving this a seven out of ten. I think because of everything that you add in critically, it's it's got to be higher. The the only real parts is the length of it in the in it bogging down. That's really where it loses the three points. Right. Everything else was really good about the movie, and so entertainment is finally dragging it down because a seven would normally get you to the level of a just take my money, yeah. and it's not. You know, obviously, if it was a little shorter, it would be higher than a seven even, but. Yeah. At a seven right now is a pretty good score, seven out of ten, and it should be a you know just take my money movie, but it's just not because it gets too bogged down in the runtime. So that's really my only gripe, seriously. And I think that you're going to see that from a lot of people. I saw already saw some other reviewers after we saw the movie who said similar things. So it's too bad because this movie really, really could have been a home run. 
Well, if you agree with us, disagree with us, or any otherwise, visit 3FNPodcast.com, get the social media links, and hit us up and let us know what you thought. Also, while you're there, you can visit everything to do with 607 TWS, 3FN Podcast, friends of the show like the ODPH, the musical directory to support bands like Shout at the Robots, the local sponsors like Dragon Master Games, and of course, last but certainly not least, our Patreon links, Public links, so you can support us monetarily and help keep the lights on for the podcast. Next week, remember, there is no 3FN Movie Club review next week. Next week, we will be previewing the movies coming out in 2023. And also, we are going to have our yearly Nerdy Awards, giving out the best and the worst from the year 2022. Well, there's one last order of business. And Ron, for the last time in the year 2022, it is time for you to shit on The Lord of the Rings. The stage is yours. One out of ten stars. A shame. I'm from Mexico. Sorry about my English. I've been thinking a lot about Lord of the Rings and still don't understand why it is so praised. I'm a big fan of movies. My my all-time favorite is The Godfather, fairly the number one of IMDb Top 250, but Lord of the Rings is second? What's the matter? I'm wondering if the people who gave the movie a 10 have even seen Casablanca, The Shawshank Redemption, or even The Godfather Part 2. This movie has been the big disappointment of the year. It is so that I can only compare it to The Majestic. Many people say that it is great special effects. If so, which scene did I miss? Because I didn't saw anything new or spectacular. In fact, quite the opposite. The hobbits change size every five minutes. The monsters look like Jurassic Park dinosaurs, just a little better. About the acting, it is clearly below average. To be the second best movie of all time, or maybe the best according to many reviewers of IMDb, the acting is pure trash. I can't imagine why Sir Ian McKellen got an Oscar nomination. But the worst thing of this so-called movie is the script. Poor character development and dialogue. We just met Sauron, and he has just turned evil. We didn't even have time to memorize his name. In introductory voice, over this just drags on forever. Uh Uh-oh, this movie just has scenes that are just justified enough. Call it senseless love scenes. And my favorite, no ending. Wow, you're just topped everything else. At least every movie in the top 250 that has a sequel it also has an ending star wars the godfather silence of the lambs etc no it it didn't work for me just too simple and boring not even one inch of death for me the the best movie of the year was emily hear it hear of it just check for the other user comments it's a shame it didn't won best foreign foreign language film oscar but as always life is not fair one out of ten stars lord of the rings just sucks people well, that is it. Next year, Ron's got something completely new for us. And uh, we'll have to find that out. But speaking of which, thank you for once again tuning in to the 3FN podcast. Hopefully you were entertained this week because that's what we aim to do each and every week. And of course, we are ending this out because this is the last 3FN podcast of the year 2022. And as we ring out 2022, we would like to thank each and every one of you for spending the time with us each and every week, no matter how long you have listened. It means the world to us, and we wish you nothing but the best. We hope you had a great 2022. We know that we did, for the most part, I would say, and I cannot wait to see what 2023 brings. Make sure while you're out there celebrating the new year that you stay safe, because obviously we would like to talk to you next year as well. So for the final time in the year 2022, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, 
Later, nerds. Later. And once again, we will see you in the happy nerd year of 2023 on next week's 3FN podcast. And Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Ah. Uh.